Hi, I'm Jen Gorecki, the CEO and co-founder of Coalition Snow. On any given day, you might find me on the back of a motorcycle in Africa, chipping away at the patriarchy, or playing in the mountains. I'm Jillian Raymond, the co-creator of Juicy Bits and a Coalition Snow ambassador. I'm a high school teacher, and when I'm not in the classroom, you can find me on the mat, on the trail, or skiing 12 months a year around the world. What we've learned over the years is that despite how good that epic powder day or trail ride is, there's still so much more to talk about. So what we're doing is taking those conversations that we start on the chairlift and the trail, and we're delivering them to you in juicy bits every few weeks. As modern outdoor women, we do more than get dirty outside. We are complex, adventurous, and intellectual. And so are you. So subscribe today. Check out our campaign on Patreon and get ready to blush, cry, and maybe pee your pants a little. Juicy Bits is brought to you by Coalition Snow, a women's outdoor company making equipment and apparel designed to deconstruct the status quo. FYI, friends, this podcast contains mature content and may not be appropriate for younger ears. You've been warned and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the last episode of the season for Juicy Bits. We've put together some of our favorite moments from the first season, and we hope that you'll love them just as much as us. But don't worry, we'll be back in August with all new episodes. Enjoy the show. If you want to actually know the real story of what happened, you're going to have to take me out for a drink. I like bourbon. I like it straight up around the rock. So if you want to know the details of what happened between this gentleman and myself That's after nice he would not let up. I really do think that a lot of men just, they don't even get this. And this is sort of like, not even subconscious. Like they're not, they're not purposefully trying to create uh, an unwelcoming environment. But when you don't invite people to dance, like, like no one's coming to the party, you know, mm -hmm. like you, you don't feel, you don't feel welcome. You don't feel included. And that's a big issue in the outdoors. People, you know, talk about this frequently in, in tech, any sort of career profession that has traditionally been male dominated, women face a shit ton of challenges that go above and beyond just recognizing their skill set. Like at some level, the dude soup is really the culture, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's a culture that permeates your sector, whatever it is. And it can feel like you're drowning and you're just treading water to stay afloat and constantly trying to navigate all of these different situations that are put in front of you. And where it gets really challenging are those incredibly interesting, fun moments where you know you need to stand up for yourself, and then you hit that double-edged sword of, like, you're a fucking bitch because you just stood up for yourself. But then if you don't stand up for yourself, then you're weak and you're quiet. And so, like, navigating these male-dominated cultures, it really feels like a lot of times, like, you just can't win. You know, one of the questions that we really would be interested in hearing from all of our listeners about is like, how have you learned to personally navigate what is a really, really fine line of presenting yourself in a way that is acceptable within these scenarios, but then also standing up for ourselves? And part of it, too, I think goes back to this idea of like, do we just go along with the status quo or are we here to dismantle the master's house? Like, what is it like? Are we trying to create our own environment, create our own culture? or Are we trying to assimilate? And I think that those are a lot of the questions that women are facing um, in the outdoor industry and beyond is what does it mean to be a powerful woman or a woman with a voice when you're not the norm? 
So it's almost... It, not the either or, but it could look like something we haven't seen before. You know, we see we see specs of it in entities or industries where women are in positions of leadership. But then even just to say that it's a woman leader, you know, we think of the invisible parts of dude soup where someone might refer to their doctor and automatically use the pronoun he because they would assume that the doctor is the male or the person that's in the position of power is male. So today on Juicy Bits... We're going to talk about waxing. I probably took a little break from waxing until I refound it in my later teenage years and was super thankful to just be able to. I mean, I would be dipped in a vat of wax and I'd keep my eyelashes, eyebrows, and the hair in my head. And you'd get rid of everything else. Everything else. Gone. My earliest memories of waxing, I can't remember exactly when I started, but... When I was in college at Northern Arizona University, I had this one salon downtown that I would go to and I'd get my eyebrows waxed religiously. And it was like my thing to have the perfect brows. And the woman who waxed my eyebrows was best friends with all the strippers at the strip club down the street. So not only did I get my eyebrows waxed, but we'd often like in the evening roll down to the strip club and drop dollars and have fun. So that's what I remember about my first waxing. And and now here we are. 20 years later, and I have to say, I don't think I've used a razor in at least five years, if not more, if like maybe not eight, like a razor has not touched my body in that long. I wax only. I love the woman who I go to to wax. It's like no judgment. Yes, she can point out how hairy I am and wonder about my ethnicity, And um, she's got it down. She has kind of her understanding of her clients and their background. And like when there's five out of every poor and she's like not sure what to do with you, there's kind of like an intimate connection that happens there. And so you find someone that you trust, you like to go to. And and I think you made a nice point tonight, kind of like this good whiskey, right? It's sort of smooth, but it's sort of complex because you have to be willing to kind of go there with that person. But then the benefits are phenomenal. And notice the benefits I'm speaking of, they're for me primarily. That's kind of my world that it's evolved into, which I'm really quite happy with, though if that lucky man in my life, um, he is very lucky, by the way. He benefits from it. That's cool, too. Yeah, so none of you in Listenerville see this, but I'm drinking whiskey right now, which is sort of a, a normal thing for me. And before we sat down to record this, we were joking around waxing and particularly Brazilians, that they're like a good whiskey. They are smooth and complex. And smooth, self-explanatory. I don't think we need to get into that. But complex, there's a lot of discourse around the Brazilian wax. Is it something that has come into fashion because of porn? Mm -hmm. Is it something that women do specifically to please men? Is it sort of like this heteronormative procedure that we go through as women to be accepted in society? And I... I feel like I might have a different perspective than a lot of women on this. I, full disclosure, Brazilian. I want it gone. Top to bottom, in and out, bum, whole thing. Like, I don't see a huge purpose for it. And I realize that as, you know, sort of a self-proclaimed feminist, that seems a bit contradictory to actually be able to say that I don't want any hair down there. But here's why. It just makes sex better. This week, Jen Gorecki had the pleasure of interviewing Keely Kelleher, founder of Keely's Camps. Keely is a professional skier who raced competitively for 22 years. She was on the U.S. ski team and raced in the World Cup Speed Circuit. In 2011, she founded Keely's Camp for Girls with the mission to coach, inspire, and empower young girls through free skiing and racing. 
here you have this photo that some people might see as liberating for women and others, you know, a lot of the people that you work with. And honestly, a lot of people reached out to us at Coalition Snow as well to ask us, have you seen this and what's your official take? And it really speaks to a culture that women have to endure day in and day out. And I don't know about you, but when I sit down to work, I normally do it with my clothing on. So um, I'm, <laughs> I mean, it, right now, for the record, I'm fully clothed. Um, and every time I've ever been in a business situation, I've worn my clothing. And also, I would say for probably 99% of my outdoor adventures, I also have worn clothing, except for the times when you shouldn't be wearing clothing like bathing. So it, it's this really um, interesting, interesting photo. But I can imagine that that young girl was traumatized to even like the thought of having men or boys think of you in such a sexualized way. It's horrible, right? Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in. I am so grateful to introduce our guest today, Whitney Fail. She has been backcountry skiing since the 1990s. She has rigged together all sorts of gear to get herself up the mountain and has had all kinds of stories getting herself down the mountain. We're really excited to welcome her to the show. She's not only going to touch on her experiences in the backcountry, but also speak to us about Tahoe Backcountry Women, a community group that she has pulled together to uh, bring a little shine to Lake Tahoe. Uh, so Whitney, recently Tahoe Backcountry Women hosted a fantastic event in Tahoe with ski mountaineer Caroline Gleick, and it was exclusively for women. Why only women? It's a really good question, and I thought a lot about it because, frankly, I knew you were going to ask it. So I, I've gone around in circles in my head, and I just... You know, I think what I came to in the end was that our events and our gatherings, they don't so much exclude men, like it's not an exclusion thing as it is that it includes women more. So it's a, um, you know, I don't want to think of it as like, oh, well, you exclude guys, that doesn't seem fair. And, you know, this whole business and you've hurt feelings and stuff. And, you know, I'm terribly sorry about that. But I just... I, I think when you put women together without the presence of men, um, something different happens that, that maybe people don't understand. And um, if I could try to explain it, it would be that I want to put women's voices first and foremost. And I want to put their experiences in the front of the stage and not have men be there, frankly, because it's about women, their voices, their experiences and things like that. So... What ends up happening in the field out in the backcountry with the absence of men is that women are forced to be the leaders. There's no way around it. There's going to be a woman leading because there's no men there. And so it builds leadership in that way when you're forced to take on that. Um, all the decisions in the backcountry are women's decisions. You know, if you have a good time, it's a woman's fault. If you have a bad time, it's a woman's fault. If you're making decisions together, they're women's decisions. Sometimes 
it's harder, actually. You know, honestly, if I want to relax a little, I'll go out with a bunch of guys. I'll follow them around. I'll let them make all the decisions. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to say anything. I'll just be like, yeah, whatever you guys want to do, because it's just easier just to be that way than to, you know, try to to wedge my voice into the decision making process or to give my opinion on something or or whatever. I've been more demanding lately because my highest priority is a good powder run or a good ski run. And so if I think that the decisions are being made where um, I'm not going to get the best possible (laughs) ski run I can get, then I'm going to speak up for sure. Or if I feel like I'm in some kind of danger, uh, avalanche or otherwise. So I think it forces women to take on leadership roles in ways that are apparent to us, but maybe need explaining to others. I'm not sure. So Whitney, in touching on the exclusivity for women and sort of the best way to say, sorry, dudes, ladies only, what I heard from you is this opportunity for women to be in positions of leadership and really to make space for their voices. And I think that is not only important for us in the skin track, um, on the top of the ridges, making the hard decisions, but I think that's also a, a bigger picture. So really well said. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, and I'd just like to add one thing there, and that's um, that, you know, I have had guys come and say, you know, oh, I'd like to come to that slideshow, or I'd like to come to that event, um, and then I, I almost question their motives of why do they want to come, and it's, uh, and I've even had jokes like, I want to come because it's a room full of awesome outdoor adventure women, and frankly, I'm looking for a date or I want to pick one up or, you know, it's like, so I kind of question like, well, why do you guys want to come? Do they really want to come and listen to women's experiences like genuinely? Then that's awesome. Maybe in the future we should have a mixed event and see who comes. And and I'm not opposed to that. I think we should have a mixed event in the future um, once we get our, you know, our, our solid feet on the ground. But I just, I wonder, you know, we've had a couple of guys show up at our events like accidentally and they're kind of like, sit in the back and we've even had like a couple of creepers like who's that guy who's he with like we don't even know so I definitely I I question a little bit what the motive would be for going to an event filled with women swipe right babe today we are going to be talking about tinder Jillian, I I think what we're going to actually do is we're going to pull up my tinder right now let me just say a couple things about tinder I'm relatively single. I mean, I have some things, but I'm relatively single. So for me, Tinder is more of just like entertainment and just like fucking off, right? Mm. Tinder would never be the platform I would use to find someone to start a meaningful relationship. Almost every time I open it up, I ask myself, why am I on Tinder? And sometimes I feel like it's like the car accident or the train wreck. You just can't help but look at it. So my favorite images that I see that just and I never swipe right on these like I find that like I will swipe left so many times that I actually run out of men like you've got nothing. Yep. That feels really good. 40 year old single woman cannot find a single fucking dude on Tinder to swipe right on. But I often find myself swiping left because of a number of things. Number one, I don't give a fuck about the fish. I don't care that you caught a fish. I don't want to see the fish. It's okay that you fish, but I don't need to see that. Is is that like an example of your manliness? Are you trying to show that you can care for me by feeding me? I don't know. I don't need the fish. Number one. 
Number two, if there's pictures with you and other women, why? Why would you do that? I mean, sure, maybe she's your friend or maybe she's your sister, but I'm not going to read into this. It's Tinder. Can you just put up photos of you looking like you? One of my third pet peeves about Tinder profiles are why you got you and three other dudes. Once again, I'm a busy lady. Don't make this so hard on me. You want me to swipe right? I need to know who am I looking at? Which one of you is it? And so men, just take some time to curate your photos and have good photos. Jillian, that scarf is something that I want to wrap around my neck right now. Did you just get your haircut? Your bangs look great. When I listen to you talk about the way that you teach, I'm blown away by your professionalism. You are an incredibly smart businesswoman. Okay, up next. Congratulations on your project. Uh, newsflash, it's a company and I'm not playing in the sandbox anymore. Are you? Now we all know how many of us have worked so hard at our businesses, at our degrees, on our nonprofits, and it gets reduced to a project. Now, there's nothing wrong with a project if that's what it truly is. To me, a project is something that's sort of short term. It has a clear start, a clear end. You have projects within something bigger. But I have so many times had people, and I will, I'm just going to say it, primarily men who are much older than me will be like, wow, your project is so cool. And in my mind, I'm like, dude, I've got a cap table and financials and investors and like a business license and bank accounts and all kinds of shit that I'm pretty sure projects don't have. But thanks that that's what you think that when women come together and put something together that we're like only capable of having a project versus something that's actually legitimate. And I don't know. And this would be interesting. Jillian, do you think that men are congratulated on their projects? No, no, I do not. Mm. Um, I would actually venture and this could be a bold leap, but I'm going to guess even if a male was working on a project, say, you know, not to stereotype it like a home repair project or something like that, it would probably get elevated to a like great job on your remodel. And it's like, mm. no, you're fixing the deck. That's a project. <laughs> you know, I just I think that that happens. And I think it's again, it, it speaks to things we've touched on in earlier episodes with some of our, um, you know, societal dynamics and uh, some of that internalized sexism that exists. And so, yeah, I would I would find that most men's experiences probably be elevated and I can say, you know, things that I'm involved in, I actually like inquiries use where someone poses, hey, what is that that you're involved in? It's fair if someone doesn't know. Maybe, That's true. Maybe to some people, Coalition Snow is a ski company that they're not familiar with. So it's totally fair to ask. That's very different than reducing it to something other than it is. Agreed. And that's a really good lesson is sometimes it's better to ask questions and let someone else tell you something rather than just making assumptions here. You're pregnant ass. This is going to be something that we talk about f quite a bit. We will shift from your pregnant ass to you actually having a child in your hands. And as your child grows up, this is all going to probably be spoken about, which um, this is what happens when two women are responsible for recording a podcast. Life happens. And so and this is a podcast about our lives. So 
Jillian's 38, and she is having her first kid. Monogamy worked when we all lived in a village and died when we were, like, 28 years old. That's I'm just saying, like, because, you know, you, like, maybe had 15 years to spend with someone. There were not a lot of choices. There was no Tinder. There was no fucking Tinder. So... We just don't live in that kind of world anymore. As I go through this process of being, of telling people where I land on this and that I'm, you know, I don't have any interest in getting married and I'm not having kids, people definitely, you can tell that some people feel really bad for you. Like they just look like, aw, aw. And then I'm sure some people judge me too, but. You don't think sometimes they're looking at you like, oh, they wish they had your life or do you think you make them uncomfortable and they're not sure what to say? I think it might be both. I definitely make people uncomfortable and they don't know what to say around me. That happens quite a bit because they're just not, people just aren't used to women being so direct and so Mm. strong. It's something that it's okay for men to be that way. Mm -hmm. But when women just like tell it like it is, some people love it, of course. And those are the people who are my good friends and, you know, people that I choose to spend my, my time with and other people, they really don't know what to do with it. I'm sure there are people who look at my life and they say like, oh, I wish, I wish that I had that life. But I don't, it, that, I guess that's kind of a hard question for me because I don't look at other people that way, right? Like I don't look at other people and say, oh, I wish I had their life. I just look at my own life mm-hmm. and every day choose to wake up and make decisions that like give me the life that I want to live. I don't compare myself to other people, but perhaps, perhaps people are like, oh man, look at like, I could be I could be gallivanting off to that shithole Africa if only I didn't have this kid. Uh, let's and let's put that on the list of shit that shouldn't come out of your mouth, Jen. I want to yeah. I want to speak up for you here, where I I can't wait someday to just see you gallivant because I don't know <laughs> that that's really what you do. I um, just just a little side note here. Um, I feel like you work your ass off on very little sleep with tremendous ambition and you kill it like lady boss all the way. So when you're out there and you get the pleasure of being in Jen's company, maybe over a drink or you're hanging out, you're at a wedding with her and you've learned not to say, don't worry, you just haven't found the right one yet or your life, you know, when you... When you find someone or you you have that family, mm-hmm. um, let's acknowledge we have... Uh, like a woman here in our presence who's found herself like what a concept right and we can you know kind of translate that to other um strong women we meet in our lives and that gallivanting um is not the word to use no i don't gall i mean some i would like to gallivant more i think <laughs> but i don't i don't yeah and it's just just one thing to sort of finish this off i've always said that I don't know why we only celebrate women when they get married and have babies. There's no formal occasions where a woman accomplishes something and as a society, we come out and recognize her. And obviously, like, you know, when someone gets a raise, you might go out for drinks or if somebody graduates from college, we bring friends and family. But but there's not – women get recognized for having kids and for getting married. And I would love, like – I don't know. Can there just be like a female founder day or like a boss lady day where Hallmark makes some really cheesy fucking cards and people just give me flowers and bottles of bourbon? 
for boss lady day. Mm-hmm. We don't do that for women yeah. though. Like we don't we don't recognize our professional accomplishments in the same way that we recognize our personal ones and I feel that that is something that really holds us back from being able to move beyond this nuclear family paradigm that works for some people and doesn't work for other people. So if it doesn't work for everyone then it's not something that we should all strive to achieve. Try to be